Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boats in the Field report. The rain delay continues, but it does look like temperatures are getting ready to improve. Today in the podcast, I'd like to talk to the pest boss and his team, as well as the managers. With today's economic situation, we're fielding a a lot of calls where growers are looking for ways to cut the pesticide bills. The options seem unlimited. Between brand name manufacturers to large wholesale companies that are renaming and mixing brand name products as well as the large generic product lineup. Now this is true for herbicides, insecticides, as well as fungicides. There are many different names and mixes of products to get the control you're looking for for the price you want. While there's different names, there isn't a lot of different active ingredients. As managers pick the products they plan to use, the pest team is going to have to figure out where they fit, which fields they fit on the best. If a farm has Roundup-resistant weeds on it, using Roundup under a different name may have fooled the manager, but it won't fool the weeds. It needs to be boiled down to mode and site of action, which is on the product label. If the product is a tank mix of multiple modes, that should also be on the label as well. As a pest team, you need to do inventory of the products management has purchased for you to use to protect the farm. Find the mode of action as well as site of action. Don't get confused by all the product names. For example, a mode of action would be a growth regulator. Under growth regulators, there's two sites of action. So Banville, Dicamba, Clarity, 2,4-D, these are site 4. But let's say status is site 19. Once you've sorted through your arsenal, you need to review the scouting notes to refresh yourself on what fields have resistance issues and to what modes or sites of action the weeds are resistant. Now, farmers are creatures of habit, and they tend to use the same program on all their acres until it doesn't work anymore. This is how we get resistance. Let's take growth regulators, for instance. If we overuse a growth regulator with the same mode of action and site of action, resistance is going to happen. So let's say fall burndown with number four uh, site of action, followed by spring burndown, followed by dicamba in the corn crop, all site four, same mode of action. Then we turn it around and rinse and repeat the next year in soybeans with all number four site of action. We are putting pressure on the system and we're going to end up with resistance. We cannot act surprised when we get resistance with this type of program. I know you're not that stupid. We know where it came from. Once resistance has developed, that field is going to stay resistant. The same goes for insecticides and fungicides. There's even less modes of action with insecticides, and as little as four when it comes to fungicides. One thing I would encourage the pest boss to do is chart every mode and site of action used on a field the past six years. See what kind of diversity you have in your mode and site of action selection. 
After doing this exercise, you'll soon figure out why you're fighting resistance. I'm like you. If something works, I like to keep using it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But when it comes to pest control, once it breaks, we, we can't fix it. It's a product that's gone from our arsenal. Once you realize you're on the path to resistance, bring it to the management's attention. So when they complain about weed escapes, you can say, I told you so. As growers call in and ask about herbicides, when I ask about mode and site of action, most don't know what they are buying. I believe this is the biggest issue driving resistance right behind using one product until it breaks. One area that is getting missed on these genetic products, generic products is watching the strength of active ingredients. In most cases, generics need a larger and a higher rate to get the same active ingredient per acre uh, out there as you would with a brand name. And low rates lead to resistance. Now we've seen it with weeds and insects and we're now starting to see it with fungicides. So we need to step up our stewardship on these products. The pressure is on the pest team to identify resistance uh, as it shows up. It is the management along with the pest team to stop it before it blows out of proportion. I realize for some of you, the management, the pest boss, the operations are all the same person, that team of me, myself, and I. In this case, you're going to need to rely on your retailers to help you implement a system to manage resistance. The pest team needs to keep a sharp eye out for resistance issues to keep it in check before it becomes a full-blown issue. Patches of weeds showing up in the same location repeatedly are going to be a sign. When you kill 98% of the water hemp in that patch, the other 2% most likely are resistant. That is time to react, not after the field is out of control. Field a lot of calls on what to do about insecticides at planting this spring. This again is where the pest team comes into play. By scouting beetles and digging roots, we can track the amount of damage and whether it's getting worse from year to year. Rootworm beetle sightings in the bean field or on the combine windows when we're combining in the fall are all factors that help us make that call. When a grower asks about planting a double pro without insecticide, and I ask, what do you think your pressure is in the field? And I get that long pause, meaning he doesn't know. And he says, well, it didn't fall down. <laughs> this is not scouting. If you run naked and tell you it falls down, it's going to be pretty costly. We should be able to catch it years before something like that happens. I like it when a grower tells me, based on what they saw in sticky traps or on the combine windows, they're going to add an insecticide or a trait to certain fields. These guys are staying on top of resistance, resistance out there and managing it. With rootworm, you know, 2015 did us a big favor in most of our customer area by wiping out large portions of the rootworm population with 16 inches of rain during egg hatch. Unfortunately, though, it did wipe out a lot of crop as well. While we're seeing a slow comeback in populations in these areas, the southern part of our customer base that didn't receive these big rains in 2015 
is where we're seeing more and more trait resistance issues that we've been reporting on in podcasts in the past. The good news is most of these sightings are being picked up by the pest teams paying attention. Rootworm trait resistance becomes a neighborhood problem as the rootworm can move typically two miles. Meaning if your neighbor is not managing resistance in corn on corn, you will need to even in rotational corn. So if your neighbor's corn twisted up and fell down, you might want to find out what he's using for rootworm protection. If they develop resistance to his program and those beetle laid eggs in your bean field, you cannot use his same program. The same thing can be said about weeds. If the neighbor can't keep them under control and you are downstream or downwind, you're going to have to do something different than what he's doing because most likely they're resistant to his program. I'll have Zachary post a map of where we're seeing the rootworm resistance issues and where we've seen that big drop in rootworm issues. I'll also have him post a link to an app that will help you identify your modes and sites of action, one that the guys use here at CropTech all the time. The testing crews are dodging rain and sampling everything they can get done while they find the weather. So make sure your soil testing orders uh, are in. If you haven't got that done already, let's get that cleaned up. For non-crop tech customers, registration is now open for the 2019 Farm Journal Corn Soybean College held the 23rd and 24th of July here at Crop Tech in Hayworth. This year, the Corn Bean College will be working with your pest team to help sharpen their skills on this resistance issue, as well as identify threats against the farm, especially in the area of disease. To sign up for the college, visit our website, croptechinc.com. Click on the Corn Bean College tab. You can watch an invitation to the college and download or view the current agenda and more details on the general sessions as well as the breakouts. We will continue to post more agenda updates as time goes on. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.